welcome to T21 Mom. Hi, friends, and welcome to the T21 Mom podcast. And this is episode 93. My name is Mary, and I'll be your host. And on today's episode, I am talking to a real firecracker of a lady. Her name is Darcy Day. And she has a pretty amazing story about her son, Brady, and how after 18 years, when he was 18, she learned that he could communicate and communicate extremely well through spelling. It is such a fascinating story. When I was hearing about her on Facebook, I thought I need to chat with this lady because this is it's crazy The it's just amazing the story. So I hope you really love it. And you know, maybe if you have a child who is non speaking, you might find that your child is a speller too. And uh, you might be really amazed just like Darcy was. So let's go have a listen. Today on the T21 Mom podcast, I'm talking with Darcy Day. She has what I think is a pretty fascinating story about her son, Brady. Welcome, Darcy. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you for asking me to be on this podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and uh, some of the stories that I'm sure you'll share. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Sure. We live in Phoenix. I have four kids. My oldest has Down syndrome, who's 19. And then I have a, no, he's 20, sorry. And then I have a... (laughs) It's, they, it goes by so quickly, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a 19, a 17, and then a seven-year-old. Um, I homeschool. Mm-hmm. I have a master's in gifted, talented, and and I'm a practitioner with spelling to communicate. And sorry, you said you you have a master's in what? In gifted and talented, which is actually oh. come in handy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's very interesting. And I'm sure we'll play a lot into uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So a few months ago, I read about the incredible story of your son, Brady, and he's your oldest son who has sound syndrome and, and autism and also apraxia. Can you share for those who may not be familiar, like what is apraxia? Yeah, you know, it's just, it's really not talked about. There's, I, I think some of us in the Down syndrome population have heard of speech apraxia, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Th- then that's all we really know. Like the, the letters are hard to sound out or combining words are hard. But really what I've learned is it's basically in layman's terms, a brain body disconnect. And so what that means is the brain knows what the body wants to do, but the body doesn't obey. And so that can look like pointing to letters. Like my son, I put out the letters and you know, find the G and his pointer finger would go to the L, but he knew what the G was, but I thought it didn't because he, his fine motor, and that's where apraxia really hits home. Mm -hmm. That fine motor was not operating correctly. Same with speech. So my son has, I I would call him a minimal speaker, few words, Mm -hmm. but sometimes like dog might be dog. So he kind of reverses, but he's not a classic a speech apraxia kid. And, you know, I was so confused when he was younger. I'm like, well, he doesn't fit all the check boxes. So mm-hmm. I don't know if he has it. And I went so many places to figure, try to figure things out, but it wasn't until we got into the spelling community that 
you know, who I'm learning the most from are spellers. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk more about that, but they talk about, and my son included about what apraxia is. And my son has spelled out that his body is unruly. It doesn't obey. And so sometimes he'll do things and he can't control his body. So apraxia is basically just a brain body disconnect. Um, Elizabeth Torres has done some research. So, you know, there's no research in Down syndrome, it seems like what mm-hmm. I can find, but in the autism movement. And so she does talk about this in a book that she published about the micro movement, the movement sensing perspective of autism, but it does apply to kids with Down syndrome as what I am seeing now. Wow. That's yes. Cause I had read that it's not just apraxia of speech. Like in mm-hmm. our community, we often just say apraxia, but apraxia of speech means it affects your speech, but it can also affect other parts of your body, essentially. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So it looks like my son getting out of the car, he'll sit in the car forever because he can't do that first motor step of getting out. So starting is really hard for apraxia or getting a drink of water. Are you kidding me? Like that means he'd have to get off the chair. He'd have to go get the so many steps in Mm -hmm. apraxia, right? And moving your body purposely and getting the cup and going to the fridge. And I mean, there's just so many motor steps and that's where his breakdown is. So he's not able to fluidly do all those motor steps that are needed to get a cup of water or he used to run off the playground. I mean, my goodness, when he was younger, he would just, I never had friends because I always had to run after him. And um, <laughs> I'm like, I'll meet you at the park, but not really. And, um, and I'd always just run off the playground because he couldn't stop. So inhibiting is very hard for somebody who has apraxia. So for my son, it's starting, which is getting off the couch, doing any kind of chore, starting any motor planning or stopping. But it has nothing to do with muscle strength, by the way. Mm -hmm. It just has to do with the sequence of organizing your body to do a purposeful motor plan. So, and I'm telling you, we don't talk about this in the downtown community at all, but you look around, there are so many that have apraxia. So yeah. How old was Brady when he was diagnosed with apraxia and was he just diagnosed with apraxia of speech or just speech apraxia yeah speech apraxia because I went all over the country to find out why my kid couldn't talk like all these other kids and so I went many many places and found a speech apraxia specialist mm-hmm. and he was nine we did four days a week of speech therapy a special speech apraxia therapy we sold our house at a loss and moved oh my I mean, gosh that's the kind of family we are right and I mean, maybe he caught a consonant, vowel consonant after four years, maybe, you know, like cat is sort of, and I mean, she's supposed to be one of the best, but now that I know about apraxia for my son, you know, I don't think, and this sounds like I never wanted to give up on speech. Mm -hmm. I think because like, we're always told speech, 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 speech with Down syndrome. And so I just, I mean, I pushed that for a long, long time but he just, his apraxia is so severe Mm -hmm. that he just, I don't think he'll ever be able to articulate through speech. You know how you and I are talking right now, right? Spelling and typing. Yes, but not through speech. So he was diagnosed, but never diagnosed of the body because they're not 
really teaching it in OT school, by the way. I've talked to OTs that now are savvy with the practice and they said, we didn't really have it in our doctorate program, maybe a day. Wow. Not much. Yes, not much information on it. So, so it's like basically like my next question was like, are there therapies that can help with this or does it depend yes. on how severe it is? But it sounds like it's kind there, of hit no, and miss. Th there are, there are great, like if you find an OT that now she may not, or he may not know what purposeful motor is, but it's basically exercising. So I always tell people find an exercise coach and start, <sighs> and that's moving your body purposely. 10 squats is way different than just sitting in a chair. Right. Because that's repetitive. Right. Yeah. Or, um, so I always find like an exercise coach. There are some OTs, not a lot though, that really understand what does it mean to coach the body? Cause a squat, like you have to tell the body what to do. If you have a praxis, it's like, uh, what am I doing? So mm -hmm. once they sit down, you have to actually coach their body parts, how to stand up, how to sit down, how to, you don't just say stand up, like, right. that doesn't help. like feel the pressure in your feet. So some OTs are savvy, but I, I'm finding people are having more luck with just fi finding a fitness coach. Very you interesting. That's mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, you know, I think your story, like when I first read about it, I thought, oh, this is amazing. Like, I think your story can give a lot of families hope who have a child who is non-speaking. I don't like to use the word nonverbal. Because yes. doesn't mean that you don't have anything to say just because you don't can't use your voice like your actual voice, but you know for families who are really struggling with communication and so you've as you've mentioned you've discovered that Brady communicates through spelling. I mean how cool is that <laughs> and like how did this come about like how how did you discover this. yeah well I saw an interview a year and a half ago, and it was of JB and Jamie Hanley. He's an author of Underestimated and another book about ending the autism epidemic. And it was an interview of them. And the boy who was 18 at the time was typing to his dad saying, dad, thank you for getting me out of this prison of silence. And I, mm. I'll never forget it because you could tell the kid had a lot of sensory issues and was flapping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? And it just, it was something I saw that had the most profound impact on me. I could not stop thinking about it that night. So I actually like got up at two, started researching what it was and literally signed up to be a practitioner that night because wow. I just thought, oh my gosh, I have two great friends that have kids with autism that are non-speaking, but I didn't think it was going to help Brady, but I must've had like a little hope. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. I need to kind of reflect on that, but I haven't because it's just been crazy since then. But anyway, so there were no practitioners in Arizona at the time. And so I went to the closest one and here's the problem though. I'm like, my son doesn't know how to spell. There's no way my son knows how to read. And I quizzed him on his letter two weeks before we actually went. Mm -hmm. So I've homeschooled him and I'm pretty sure I thought I knew what he was exposed to. And I mean, when he would point, which is fine motor, by the way, he would point about 75% incorrectly. Um, I used to do the flashcard method. I know a mm -hmm. lot of parents do the flashcard and, mm -hmm. and like, because his apraxia is so severe of a speech, I couldn't tell if he, was he saying the word? Did he really know the word? Like, I couldn't tell if that approximation was correct. And 
And, um, you know, I made books, but again, he had to point. So everything that I saw that he demonstrated showed incompetence. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even know why I went, I'm telling you, because like, that's the biggest thing I get is like, when my kid can't spell, I'm like, I'm with you. Like I was so skeptical. And I was in, I remember being in the practitioner training and I remember crying and saying like, I don't think this is going to work for my son. Cause the more I learned about it, I'm like, he can't even spell. I mean, I know my son, I've homeschooled him for 18 years. Like I know he can't, I've never seen him read a book. When I try to read a book, he pushes it away and he just flipped pages. He mm-hmm. flips the pages. So I just, there were no evidence that I could see. So um, took him and then the practitioner read a little paragraph about Ben Franklin and asked him, okay, Brady, who are we talking about today? And so what, what is different is this doesn't use fine motor. So fine motor is really hard to coach. So that's why Brady's speech is never really quite improved. Gross motor, oh my gosh, so much easier. Mm -hmm. So it's more larger muscles. So you use the shoulder and the elbow to poke through a stencil board. And so it's using a different part of the motor system, easier to coach. And the alphabet was split into thirds. So they're big letters, big target. And you go through it with the pencil and you poke through. So at the beginning, like she kind of had to like help him because it's like, it was a whole new motor plan, right? So mm-hmm. you have to help coach. And I'm like, no, you should see my journal. Like Benjamin <laughs> Franklin, I wrote out and B is negative. She helped E, he didn't get to that. And no, F, no, R. Oh my gosh, he got to that without any help plus. And then my journal had all these negatives. So I kind of sat back after that spelling. I'm like, no, I don't think this is going to work. And then she went on. And the more he did, the more those 45 minutes advanced, the more accurate he was becoming. And I, and in my journal, I started going plus, plus, no, he didn't get that negative, negative, plus, 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 plus. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I mean, those 45 minutes changed our life. And it does sound like a story, like stories Mm -hmm. always sound like not true. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's, it can be true. I'm saying this for anyone with Down syndrome. I know it in my gut. And for him, you know, he was answering questions like background knowledge, like who, what was Benjamin Franklin a diplomat in? My first thinking was, he doesn't even know what that word means. <laughs> and then I know it's so terrible. And Brady's heard me tell this story. So I always have to apologize. Sorry, Brady, I'm going to show how, you know, incompetent I was. <laughs> and, you know, he spelled the, you know, revolutionary war all on his own. And I'm like, what? I never taught him about that. Wow. And he knew vegetarians didn't eat meat. He spelled it M-E-A-T. And he was just spelling things that were background knowledge, not even in the lesson. And that's when I kind of perked up. I'm like, wait, he knew that. And um, because how would he? So how was he doing it? Like, how was he spelling it? Like you you were saying. So he would go like me. So he would kind of his shoulder and arm would be down. He's sitting at like a in a chair and he pokes out. So his shoulder goes forward and his um elbow goes forward and so he's kind of going m and then going back okay going to the e and back a and back so he's finding the letters and hinging at the elbow and kind of not really swinging but moving the shoulder forward Mm -hmm. so that's the gross motor part and i just remember after those 45 minutes i (laughs) looked at the practitioner and said well wait wait wait." so 
so he knows how to spell and she said yeah I'm like okay and I guess he knows how to read and she's like well yeah you can't spell unless you can read I mean I'm telling you that was I I just couldn't believe it and like so many questions how did I miss this and you know I was his teacher hello I have a master's (laughs) none of that none of that mattered and you know when you're when you're not looking for competence, I think like us in the Down syndrome world, we look at our kids with the Down syndrome lens, like I did. And when that stereotype is kind of overhead, we don't always see those things that really do show competence. Or like, I think we know in our gut, I think every parent listening to this who have a kid with Down syndrome, we all can relate to this. Like, oh my gosh, they just got that. I think they totally understood what I did. You know, you have that gut feeling, but then I think it's kind of fleeting because we don't know what to do. If our kids don't have a robust way to communicate, then we're like, well, okay. Like me, I kind of like pushed it under the carpet because I just, I didn't know how to access it mm-hmm. except speech, 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 speech. Yeah. I did. And I'm not saying give up on speech. I would never say that. But for us, it wasn't the avenue for my son because, you know, he'll just never be articulate in the way that he does through spelling. Wow. So at home, like, so how do you, how does he communicate? Like, like, does he use an iPad? Again, that's pointing, but yeah, like, great. Does, that's a great question. Yeah. So not yet. So the, we did the lamp prolo cute. We've done um, pretty much every device, like the state knows us really well. Nope, that's not working. Next one. Nope. Yeah. So we've gone through all of them. And he says now through spelling, through a stencil board, that those devices don't work because I had to point. Yeah. One, he goes, I can't point reliably. So you remember that's different than using gross motor. Mm-hmm. And he said, my language isn't in a box. He would get really frustrated. And if you read Brady's story, his language is beautiful. I mean, it's not wow. like how you and I talk. And so he said he would get frustrated because he wouldn't be, even if those devices he could point reliably, they just didn't work for him because it didn't have that robust language that he was wanting to communicate. Now, eventually in spelling to communicate, these kids do get onto a keyboard, like mm-hmm. a regular keyboard. Oh, wow. And I've seen many typing two hands even. Wow. Um, and some of them can do like an iPad eventually, but see, there's no feedback on that iPad. So sensory feedback is what I'm saying. So that's why we go, we go from like a laminate board, then to a keyboard. And then after that, possibly, you know, an iPad, but that that's like the last stage because we've got Mm -hmm. to myelinate all these pathways. So it becomes automatic. Right. And that's, that's all this is, this is coaching the motor. So it becomes automatic. And so whatever Mm -hmm. is practiced becomes permanent. That's good and bad, right? It's like piano. It's basically like piano. You know, the more you practice, the better you get at it. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the methodology behind it. So what was Brady's reaction to all of this? That he finally had a voice and is being heard. You know what? He, it's interesting. Like his the most he spells out is about getting the word out about Down syndrome. He doesn't focus on himself. It's like huh. amazing because yeah. <laughs> I have so many questions. And the one thing we don't want to do is like bombard him with questions because 
parents who have done that, their kids shut down. Cause you yeah. can imagine like at 18, he was closed for 18 years mm-hmm. and you can imagine, like, you would think like, oh my gosh, isn't it great to be open? But like, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Like that's a scary world to open yourself up and vulnerable, especially with mom who I've been pleasing all these years. So there's many, many, many emotions tied mm-hmm. into this communication. And so it has not been easy. And, and by the way, not every kid has, um, cause I have a practice in Arizona has taken so quickly, like Brady, Brady, very fast very, very fast. His motor's pretty good, but he's pretty apraxic. But for some reason, this resonated with him. I mean, I have some other clients that take a little bit longer, but Mm -hmm. every client's doing it. Like all of them are showing that their language centers are fully intact. Just because somebody can't talk or doesn't look like they're comprehending does not mean that they aren't comprehending. It's Mm -hmm. just like the deaf population, right? It took a long time for them to the world to realize that, Hey, these guys are actually pretty smart and understand everything. You know, we're hoping that the world's going to see the same thing about down syndrome. So we're just in the beginning stages of educating people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause, and also, cause Brady also has autism, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think this is like amazing. How, how was it for your, your mama's heart? Like after all this time, I'm sure it was probably, I mean, ecstatic, but also maybe a little bit heartbreaking at times thinking if you had like it only known, right? I mean, when you know better, you do better, obviously, but yeah, I, I, I would think as a mom, like I would feel so guilty, like that I couldn't, I mean, I mean, obviously I can't speak for you, but, and not that I want to make you feel that way, but I'm just wondering, like, if how that was for you, because I could imagine it would be very hard. There are, you know, I've gone through a lot, like at the beginning, when he was spelling, he was just answering basic comprehension questions from the lesson that was read. So, you know, at, that was like shock, disbelief, elation. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Tragedy, guilt, 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 guilt. I mean, so much yeah. guilt. And I, I try not to lay in that because it, it mm-hmm. can just suck you up. Right. Yeah. And so I just really try to focus on, okay, today, <laughs> what are we going to do today? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so weird, like to be so excited on one and then also be hysterically crying because you're just, it's tragic, mm-hmm. you know? And, and right now, I mean, my avenues are, I go on Facebook and I'm just trying to educate people about a pre- Brady shoves me to the computer every <laughs> night. And he says, get one more. And I know it because he just wants the world. He wants these people to be untrapped and that's what yeah. they are. But the emotion, you know, it's hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And mm-hmm. as a, I mean, I'm a practitioner, but when I'm with Brady, I'm his communication regulation partner. That's what we call it. Lots mm-hmm. to do with regulation. Right. So that's a big piece. And, you know, it's hard emotionally for both of us. And, um, I mean, it's our favorite time of the day to be working, but it, it's not easy, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I can't imagine not doing it and not trying now that I know that I know why, what I know. So mm-hmm. when people say, well, my kid can't spell or they don't read. Um, oh, by the way, the way my son reads is he flips pages while he's reading. 
I, wow. yeah, he's, he just takes it all. And I know that sounds completely wacko. We don't understand so much about the brain. Right. I mean, the more mm-hmm. I learned about Brady, I'm like, Ooh, those experts were all wrong. Cause yeah. you know, he's had tons of assessments and we got guardianship, which we are going to be reversing. But at that time we didn't think he could, you know, comprehend as much as he does now. So we got guardianship and his IQ was immeasurable. Well, if you don't have an assessment that can allow the person to fully communicate, then that assessment is invalid. Mm -hmm. And there is not one assessment out there and even not the nonverbal requires pointing, right? Mm -hmm. So no assessment is reliable for an apraxic body for like my son's. So, um, and he says he's fairly good at flunking every single test that's come before him. And he (laughs) has spelled that out. So he says, (laughs) you know, he goes, that's why spelling to communicate is so huge because it's allowing him to actually show his competence and nothing else ever has. So, so I want to caution your listeners like, well, but the school said my kids at first grade or the school said that my child doesn't know numbers. No, I didn't think Brady knew numbers Mm -hmm. past eight, by the way, Mm -hmm. after 18. And uh, he knows how to do multi-digit division in his head. It's shocking. How it's does amazing. he know? I don't know. I think he sees math in a grid. I haven't asked him because I don't want him to shut down. So I can only ask like yeah. those personal questions. You know, I got to be careful because I don't want him just completely shutting down saying, mom, I, too much. Like stop asking me these personal questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of going into it slowly and carefully but also practicing at the same time. But anyway, our kids weigh, know way more, way more than that all of us are presuming. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, you know, when you're trapped like that and your language centers are fully intact, which I believe all the people with Down syndrome, their language centers are intact. I do believe that. But what are you going to do for 18 years when you can't speak it out? You're Mm going to probably play with so many words in your head. You're going to be thinking incredible amount, you know, um, and you're just, and and I think that's why my son's language is so beautiful. If you read some of his, you know, writings, it's, it's not like how you and I talk it's, and I don't know if he's doing that to show like, Hey, I'm really (laughs) bright. You know, I'm not really sure, or if he's trying to prove himself or if he really does, Mm -hmm. you know, think in that way, maybe all of the above. But it's just, we, we just have to see our kids differently. And you have to, you have to search for that competence in your child. Mm-hmm. Like, look for that. What does that look like? It may not look like what we once thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, Ainsley's old EA, Ronnie, who was with Ainsley for four years. I loved her. Uh, one day she messaged me excitedly and said, you probably already know this, but like, she goes, I can't stop shaking, but she sent me this whole list of words that Ainsley could spell words that I didn't think she even knew. And yeah. And also that discovered that she could do like simple math. I mean, she's got terrible fine motor skills. Like she can point, but like holding a pencil is really challenging. Writing is it's laborious at the best times for her. And I thought like, she says the only time, like, I think this was grade three and she's grade five now is when she told me this is she said the only time that she was ever like in the class when they were doing, I guess, like math stuff was in kindergarten at circle time, I guess, like when they were doing math in the class, she was probably taken out for like speech or whatever, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't know how she learned it. 
So, you know, kind of the same thing mm-hmm. with Brady, like, how did he learn to spell? Like, you know, I don't know how Ainsley learned how to spell these words. They are you absorbing know. everything. Like, think of all the print that is around in our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Words. Think of all the conversations they've heard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are listening all the time and family gatherings and the TV and commercials and billboards and books laying around and mail. And I mean, there's so much in math. I'm sure she's just, she probably plays with numbers in her head. It's just, I'm sure my son does the same thing. So, you know, uh, the naysayers are like, well, you have to teach them. I don't think so because I, because I homeschooled my son, <laughs> I feel really bad, but like, oh, I feel terrible as a homeschool mom. I don't feel I really taught him much. We focused on physical fitness and movement, which is interesting. And that was my focus with him. And so I think he's self-taught. I think all, I think many, many of our kids are, and it's very, very confusing. And I don't really care. Like I just, I've now seen so many spellers that I, I don't even question it because they're all proving that they're cognitively intact. That's amazing. Now you mentioned that you spent years of Brady being in speech therapy with like little success. So Mm. what do you tell or suggest to other parents who are maybe going through something similar, like who have a child who is non-speaking and possibly has apraxia, but maybe it's undiagnosed. Like what do you suggest to these parents? You know, I, I believe in all modalities of communication. So I, I would stick with a speech therapist that, you know, you know, in your gut, you do, if, is this a good fit? Like you Mm -hmm. have to feel, is it a good fit relationship wise? Yeah. There has to be that relationship between the therapist, but also, I mean, of course I'm going to say spelling to communicate because of what I've seen with my own eyes and not just with my son, by the way, Brady's not an anomaly. Mm -hmm. There are about 25 spellers now that I've connected with, with down syndrome. Lots have come through my clinic. I I only see down syndrome clients. That's my, my deal. And they are still, some of the parents are still pursuing speech and, and actually some kids do get better in speech, not my son, but it does create more motor pathways in the brain. My son is doing chores. (laughs) (laughs) I used to think he was quote lazy and I did every bribery thing, but see it's purposeful motor doing chores and all those motor steps. So for him, oh my gosh, it's so great. Like he's doing all these chores (laughs) and he's so happy and he doesn't need, you know, bribery. So I would say, um, I mean, do the modalities. I mean, you can try the Dyna boxes and the lambs for my son. He's an unreliable pointer. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody is an unreliable pointer, but I, I hear so often those devices don't work. It's probably because your child, and we've never heard that before, right? Unreliable pointer. What does yeah. that mean? But that's apraxia and okay. they probably have apraxia and they can't get that box they want. Or this is, you know, they're thinking this is like, no, this is my, I have so much more to save in this box, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just, I really feel get in with the spelling to communicate, you know, practitioner mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I can help you find a good one too okay. and lots of resources. So, but get with that and pursue other modalities too. I, I never say give up on speech. Right. So we, we have just because he's now 20 and I know this is going to be the route for him, mm-hmm. but not everybody, you know, feels the same way. Of course. Yeah. So like our 
like to me i think this is probably relatively new like people are probably not that mm -hmm. familiar with it are you aware like our speech therapists and pathologists who should understand apraxia but like you said many don't or you know don't have a lot of experience or knowledge with it but do you think many are even aware of this ability to spell in our kids no you know spelling to communicate came out of another methodology called facilitated communication from the 80s 1980s and they needed how they did that is they put pressure on the resistance on the speller's hand and so it was deemed fake you know, it was smeared and the founder was, her name was just like <laughs> in the dirt and she's phenomenal. And by the way, she's worked with hundreds of people with Down syndrome. She'll say the same thing. They're not cognitively delayed. And she's in Australia. I've talked to her actually. So what's her name? Still full-time practice, Rosemary Crossley okay. in Australia. So, but she's facilitated communication. So people are like, Oh, whenever you say that, everyone's like, Oh, but no, I mean, if you do it right, you just provide resistance, but it's, you know, we don't put hands on the kids because we don't want that to be something where people question, like, are they really spelling? Well, mm -hmm. you're kind of touching them. So we're hands off. And then RPM came, which is rapid prompting method. Mm -hmm. And that is a also using letter boards and that's more for educational purposes. And then spelling to communicate came out of that, which is really focusing on the motor. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's what we do because I feel that motor piece is so critical for our population at least. And, um, so what were you saying about like, are people even aware, like speech pathologists? Yeah. Oh, so and... speech pathologists. So, so there, there's been a statement saying that all forms of letter boarding is fake and the association of hearing and speech and hearing association have put it all under one category saying that this is invalid. And I just say it right up front, because if you Google it, you're going to be like, oh, look at these people are false hope. And so they have said, if any speech therapist does spelling to communicate or RPM, your license potentially could be yanked. It's a big fight. Um, really? Jamie JB. Oh yeah. There is a rebuttal. So Jamie JB are fighting that and 5,000 other spellers that are showing competency. You can't deny it. It's just so ridiculous, wow. but it's a threat. I mean, think about it. If yeah. I'm saying what is true, like think of all the changes that would need to happen, like billion dollar industries for ABA and, and speech therapy. And mm -hmm. although speech therapy wouldn't be out, but it would be like, you know, the whole special ed, I mean, just so many things would have to change. So it's, it's a big threat, you know, wow. to a lot but of people. But that's really sad. That's yeah. tragic. Like it's just essentially closing a door to people. Like it's just their way, their speech pathologists. A person may not speak by using their voice. They're using other ways to communicate, like through a touch chat. Like my daughter uses that a lot. I mean, she can verbalize, but, and your son is using like his spelling board. Like that's well, and I, I shared it with the speech therapist that we saw four days a week for three years. She didn't want to hear anything about it. Wow. It was fascinating to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a miracle. I was so excited and no, nope, doesn't want to know about it. Interesting. You no, know, because they clump it into that category of, I guess, invalid and not mm -hmm. real, but until you see it and, and witness it and, you know, I really don't care about the naysayers anymore. So mm -hmm. It, you know, it's, it's, there's so many spellers now it's going to be hard to deny. 
Of course. This is really, you know. Yeah. Now, our kids are highly visual, which I'm sure, which it helps in the spelling. How can we encourage or foster spelling in our kids? Like I've tried the tile letters with Ainsley, you know, different games, a whiteboard and so on. And it's kind of hit and miss, but how can parents maybe try this? So how old is Ainsley? She's 10. She already knows how to spell. (laughs) I'm just telling you right now. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, Um, she was proving that a few years ago. Yeah, she does. I mean, my client, I have young clients and they're spelling six years old. Wow. And their parents have never taught them. And so how can you, I mean, it's hard because I did all those things. I did the magnetic letters and I think it was just too easy, you know, and maybe that's why Brady just was resistant, which looked like you know, to that. I made tons of books for him where he had to match the words with the, it was too easy is what I'm thinking now. I don't have those answers. I mean, the best thing a parent can do right now is number one, presume competence. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You talk to them like an age appropriate talk, Mm -hmm. notice the tone of voice you're using Mm -hmm. and what topics you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So if they're 10, talk about 10 year old things, right? Right Mm -hmm. away. And, and also get out of your mind. Like, what does competence look like? It, it doesn't have a look just like, what does thinking look like? Doesn't have a look just like listening, by the way, doesn't have a look. My son will be in the other room and I'll be, he doesn't, he says novel voices are difficult on his ears. So even though I'm it's something about my pitch, I'm not novel, but he doesn't like me reading out loud to him. So mm. I don't know how he does spelling to communicate with me, but he does. Those are kind of sweet but when I'm reading books to him he has to be in another room and I'll read and he'll get everything it sounds crazy right that's hilarious so, um, yeah yeah their sensory systems a lot of times with that apraxia that sensory system is really amped up and mm-hmm. misfiring and right. sounds and frequencies um, yeah. are difficult. so you read age-appropriate material like what yes don't read those board books anymore they're so sick of learning about animals I mean <laughs> Read them something about Benjamin Franklin and Harriet Tubman and, you know, all these wonderful stories and that are 10 years old or older, however you're, you know, however old your child okay. is. Yeah. But right away, age appropriate. Okay. Good. No, good note to <laughs> lock up here. Yeah. Lock it up. <laughs> now you kind of alluded to this in the, our conversation, you've connected with several other parents whose child with Down syndrome are also spellers has their journey to this been similar to yours or quite different? Like when are these families learning their child as a speller and how old are they usually? Boy, so different. Like I have a gal out in LA, so we connected and she, he's five. And so they're starting at five. There's another six-year-old. So the younger ones are usually a little trickier. There's a four-year-old actually too in Kentucky and they're more, their bodies are usually harder right? Their, their sensory systems and their bodies, typically what I'm seeing are more apraxic. So mm-hmm. these parents are doing a lot of purposeful motor and especially doing it before spelling. All these kids know how to spell everything, even the five-year-old. Wow. Uh-huh. And wow. um, yeah, it's incredible. And so those, it's going to be a little bit longer for them than it was for Brady because their bodies appear to seem more apraxic than Brady's. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I'm mentoring a 35 year old in, uh, and his mom in Tennessee, and he's picking it up pretty quick. He doesn't have a lot of a practice except in speech. So mm-hmm. he's moving quickly. There's another gal in Florida that's fully open talking to Congress, talking, spelling out to Congress that, you know, Down syndrome is not a cognitive disability. So she's fighting for the rights of people with Down syndrome. But I mean, the hard part is it's like this best kept secret. It, it feels like the secret that nobody wants to hear, right? right. Or they just don't want to believe it. And so it's been difficult to get the word out. But what I'm seeing is every, every speller is different. And I, I know people don't like, I know everyone's different, but no, <laughs> they really are, you know, and yeah. some need more motor coaching. Some need, need a lot more vision therapy is a big one, by the way. Uh, some may need more pers- purposeful motor. Some may need more prompts. Some may need a more altered letter board like my son. So, so it just depends on their vision and their praxia. So it's all different. However, the ones who keep on it and keep doing it, the kids become open when meaning conveying their thoughts and ideas, 100%. Wow. And, but you have to just stick with it. And and some bodies are much harder than others, right? Like even to get a kid to sit in a chair, that can be hard. Yeah. If you're highly apraxic. (laughs) Wow. So what has been kind of like, I guess your biggest surprise in all of this? Like, did you learn new things about Brady that you didn't know before? Maybe things about his personality or his likes or dislikes that you didn't know before? Oh my gosh. Like everything. Right. I mean, <laughs> his language. I mean, the, the first thing he spelled openly, uh, he was asked, do you make new year's resolutions? And what he spelled was uh, each year, I resolved to not let the little things blow up into chaos. That was the first. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So mature. Yeah. Goodness. And, uh, you know, he, he talks about his anxiety. He has, I think of our population, a lot of our kids, they have anxiety Mm -hmm. and the spellers who have autism say that is a huge part of autism. Like, why isn't anybody studying autism and anxiety? Because they all almost all suffer from it. So my son's talked about anxiety and he said, it's a physical disability in him. And he says, when frequencies like sounds go to a certain frequency, it sends electrical sparks in his spine. He calls it his hell spine. Yes. And he really is like around different sounds. He'll run or he'll go in his room. And we never knew why he did that, but now he is able to tell us I mean, that's huge, right? Yeah. Tell us what's yeah. going on with his body. And we got a new puppy. And this has been such a challenge because the unpredictability of that puppy barking, mm-hmm. that's going to set him into a fight or flight. Oh, dear. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but he's able to articulate that now, right? And uh, and his his language, I mean, I never, I don't know. I mean, his language, he's so full of grace. He's already forgiven me. I mean, I, I've Aww. apologized for so many little things. Like, remember the time, you know, yeah. remember the IQ test? <laughs> oh my gosh. Remember the court hearing when we got custody or guardianship and, oh gee. And he doesn't want to hear all those apologies, but I just have to for myself. I think mm-hmm. I have to, I have to forgive myself, right? Of He's course. Like, yeah. But just what a beautiful heart. He is so 
thoughtful. He is so wanting to just help this population. I mean, when he now lately, when he spells, he just wants he the last thing, one of the last things he spelled was Down syndrome is not is is not cognitive density. You know, he said it's a it's disability is apraxia. And mm-hmm. then he spelled letter boards change everything. So game on Down syndrome community. Wow. Because he knows, you know, uh, this isn't easy. Like we have a huge message, but not all, not everybody really wants to hear it. And you're going to mm-hmm. have a lot. We've had a lot of naysayers, but mm-hmm. it, we're just not going to be quiet. Like we have to, you know, <laughs> share this information and that yes. it's not unique. Brady's not an anomaly. Like, I think if I would hear this, I would think like, oh, another one of those stories. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I used to think that like, oh, Brady could only speak. Oh, yeah. So much higher functioning. No, folks, it's not to do with speech. That's a whole different part of the brain. Language is all cognition. Speech is 100% motor. Totally different parts of the brain. Wow. Yeah, that's, I think it's phenomenal. Like, I think it's amazing to find mm-hmm. this out about, you know, our kids. Like until I had first seen your post, I can't remember what I'm on a gazillion Facebook yeah. pages, but I can't remember which might've been the one, the down syndrome and autism one, but where you were talking about that, I go, this sounds incredible. Like, because I think it just gives this whole lease of life, like a new lease on life for these yes. kids and adults who, you know, people had kind of maybe forgotten about, right. Or just like, again, presumed not competent, right. You know, so I think it's like really fantastic that this has come about. Like, I think it's incredible. I think your story is one of like real hope and Mm -hmm. resilience. Like, I mean, Brady was 18 when he finally found his quote unquote voice. So, right. you know, I think it's never too late. And then you said one of your clients is 33, you know, and, but yet you have kids of all ages, like four to and upwards. I think it's amazing. I have a 54 year old too. Client. And a 54 year old. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Wow. Oh, I know. It's so exciting. It is very exciting. And especially for these people, like it's just op- like giving yes. them a whole new lease on life like just this whole new world opening up for them that they can now participate more in which we didn't realize they could really before i know and we're so skewed by looks right because you look Mm -hmm. at a person with down syndrome and they're shuffling some of them i'm totally being stereotypical right now but you know the ones who are at the farmer's market or at the mall shuffling along and guys they know what's going on don't judge a person by their body yeah. and what it does or does not do. That has nothing to do with comprehension and what they're thinking, feeling, you know, and that's been the biggest takeaway for me, like not to really judge somebody's body. And that doesn't show competence or not competence it has nothing to do with what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the movie spellers is going to be coming out. Right. And that's yeah. what JB and Jamie Hanley kind of, spearheaded that the original interview that that I saw and there is a kid in there with down syndrome guys and I'm so happy there's eight spellers 
And um, the kid is, I think you've had her on your show, right? So Sid's mom, I believe you've had her. Sorry, what's the name? Dr. Sarah Thay. Aish. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So oh, is he's, in, he's yes. a speller? She oh, never yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. So he's a speller and he's going to be on and, and, and seeing all these people spelling, it's like, you just, why can't it work for Down syndrome? Right. I mean, it basically, you know, autism, they're saying, and there's 5,000 spellers to prove it. Autism is a physical disability, which is apraxia. And they are proving this. I mean, there's people that have been on Good Morning America now spelling that out. So hopefully the autism crowd will kind of wake up. And so, you know, Brady and I want to kind of wake up the Down syndrome crowd and saying, us too, guys, you know, it is apraxia. And there's other things to that, probably 21st chromosome. You know, I'm not sure we really know what all that is, but I think it has to do with the eyes to tell you the truth. And I won't (laughs) get into that, but because their vision, oh man. My mm-hmm. clients have a pretty compromised vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter also wears common thread. Yeah. Glasses. I mean, a lot of our kids do like, so what advice do you give to other parents who maybe are in a similar situation? Yeah. Advice is to have hope, mm-hmm. you know, there is hope. This is not another one of those things. This is not another miracle story. This is not another, oh, I wish my kid could do that. Like your kid or adult child, you know, however old, I know they can do this. I know it. I know it in every fiber of my being. And, you know, the next step is to get plugged in with somebody in your area or, you know, come to Phoenix. It's beautiful right now. (laughs) I do, you know, intensive. I don't want to really plug myself on this podcast. Go ahead. People will want to find you. So, yeah, I mean, come, I mean, a lot of people come from out of state to me. I do three or four day intensives. I'm the only practitioner in our world that specializes in down syndrome. And I think it's because I have a kid with down syndrome, Mm -hmm. but Brady is the leader of this kind of, I call it a movement. Yeah. I was going to say it is, you know, and uh, we just want to help as many people. So whether it's coming to me or another one and I've done immersion camps where I see clients for five days, twice a day, and we add in purposeful motor to that. So we do that as well. And there's just so much that can be done to help your child's body, vision, and communication. So my website's called brand new day. So my name is Darcy day. So Mm -hmm. brand new day.life. And I don't know if you put like links or whatever on yeah, your podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I can send you all that, but brand new day.life. And, and I want to end, I want to end with what Brady spelled out and okay. he loves spellers. Like we, he has a letter board. It's called a speller notebook. And he loves taking pictures with all the spellers, but the only thing missing in his book are ones that are, you know, have down syndrome. Okay. A lot of them are all over the nation, but like we want to, we just want to build his tribe. We have mm-hmm. some, but most of them, this is marketed toward autism, by the way. So that may be another thing. I'm, I'm really trying to change that. And I keep messaging Jamie and JB, like, don't forget to plug down syndrome. Yeah. You know, I'm always <laughs> telling them, don't just say autism. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he said, uh, at his latest birthday celebration, there were a bunch of spellers there. He said, thank you all my speller friends for celebrating my birthday with me. Nothing makes me happier than seeing your faces. My inspiration 
to resiliently push myself has historically come from spellers like you. Rise like the sun, my friends, and let hope shine on new spellers. <laughs> wow. So that's what he wants to do. He wants these new spellers to, you know, you guys all to have hope because he knows that all of, you know, this population can do it. And I know that too, now having seen it right with my own eyes. Yeah, it's profound, isn't it? Incredible. And like, like the language, like you said, it's beautiful. Like I, if someone had just presented that to me, I would never expect that to be from someone who has Down syndrome. Right. And there's no way I'm influencing him because I'm not that good of a writer. (laughs) (laughs) It's just his language is so beautiful. This is uh, very exciting, actually. And like, while we've been chatting, I I really, I'm actually going to chat with our OT and our speech path at the DSRF, the Down Center Resource Foundation about this, because I think this is incredible. And I think they'd be very interested in it. So I have a whole slideshow I could do for them. Mm -hmm. Like we could do a zoom and I do that kind of explaining what apraxia is and kind of going through Brady's journey, but weaving in, you Mm -hmm. know, why S2C works and, um, and through Brady's language, you know, he, he kind of spells it out. And what we know from Elizabeth Torres, who's a neuroscientist who has um, researched apraxia. Wow. This has been like really an eye-opening and such an enlightening conversation. It's, I think, I really think it's going to give a lot of parents a food for thought and, mm-hmm. you know, something to pursue. So again, where can we find you? Like what's your okay. email again? Yeah. So it's Darcy, D-A-R-C-Y at brandnewday.life, okay. L-I-F-E. Okay. Okay. And my website is just brandnewday.life. Um, Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your, yours and Brady's really incredible and very inspiring story. I think, I I think it could be like the light bulb moment for a lot of parents, like, you know, because who are maybe frustrated with speech, like you were, you know, and thinking like, there's nothing left, like what else can I I do for my child? And then there's this. So and when does that movie Spellers come out? Because I, I want to go see that. I think it sounds fantastic. Yeah. So there's a premiere, actually, the Phoenix Film Festival, I can't believe it, in my home city, mm-hmm. um, is showing it at the very end of March, early April. So the last day of March and April 1st, 2nd. So it's going to be premiering and all the Spellers are going to be there. So it's going to be super exciting. Mm-hmm. But you can also go to Spellers the Movie. Okay. okay? That's their website. Yeah. And you can host a showing and it gives you opportunity. I'm going to actually rent a movie theater and it's way cheaper than you guys think to rent a movie theater. And I'm just going to market it to down syndrome. And I, I'm hoping Arizona will get on board. I've only, I've heard crickets in Arizona. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Like maybe because some of them know me, I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to host a showing and it's, I can't remember the dates, but it's all on their website. Okay. So it's spellers, the movie, and you can see the trailer. That's mm-hmm. the documentary about eight spellers that takes you through their journey. And, um, and then you can host your own show. And it doesn't have to be bit. You don't have to do movie theory. It can right. just be yeah. a couple of people in your house. That okay. would be good for your speech and OT to see. Like if you could host something. 
Okay. Well, we'll see what we can uh, work, yeah. you know, maybe we can work something out and, uh, but I, I do think they'd be very open to hearing about this. And, and like you said, like, like a lot of people just probably aren't aware. They're just not aware. Yeah. They so. aren't. And it, particularly because it's, it is marketed toward autism and, and that frankly, that's why I almost didn't do it because wow. I'm like, well, but he has Down syndrome, you know, right? and yeah. I just, I wasn't sure, but God, thank you so much that he, he pushed me to just try it. And even yeah. though I didn't think he could, you know, knew his letters. Oh, well, fantastic. So yeah. we'll certainly uh, put the links on the site and I look forward to the movie and, you know, just that's, it's very exciting. So, and, and maybe we'll have you on again to sort of get a little bit of an update of like where things are at and I would and, love that. Uh, yeah. Cause I think people would be interested. So Thank you so much, Darcy. I really appreciate your time and sharing your story. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I absolutely loved this story about Darcy and Brady. I just found it so fascinating and just so amazing. I can't even imagine what that has been like for both of them, that after 18 years, she was able to unlock that box for him and gave him a way to communicate and to express himself. I think it's absolutely fascinating and so exhilarating. And I'm sure so exciting for both of them. I just really loved this story. And I know that Darcy is just so keen on trying to get this word out about this other way that our kids can communicate because it's not really being talked about. And I don't think a lot of people are really aware of it, but I think it's just so interesting. And I think it's just opening up this whole other door for our kids who maybe can't, uh, they don't have language to speak, like th they might be non-speaking. So I think this is a, a great avenue to try because I think a lot of our kids you know, can really surprise us in this way. So some of my takeaways are, you know, that we often think of apraxia and we usually just shorten it to apraxia, apraxia speech, that it just affects your speech. But apraxia in itself, like in Brady's case, can affect so many other parts of your body. And, you know, I didn't really know that until after I spoke with, uh, with Darcy so I thought that was very interesting. And number two, just because somebody can't talk like our kids maybe, or doesn't look like they're comprehending, or it doesn't mean that they aren't understanding what's being told to them or being said to them. And I'm sure we've all experienced that. And I can say from my own personal experience that my daughter Ainsley, she understands pretty much everything I say to her. She can't necessarily verbalize it, but she certainly understands everything I say to her. And I always have to tell people, especially the people that she works with, that that's the case because I sometimes think they underestimate her. Actually, I'm quite sure they underestimate her a lot of the time. That number three, spelling to communicate is so huge because it's allowing people like Brady to actually show their competency and nothing else ever has. They can show their understanding and, you know, that they, they know what's going on and that they are able to communicate. I think it's just amazing. Number four, that our kids, I mean, I'm sure you can all agree on this, that our kids know way more 
than many of us presume. And, you know, never, ever underestimate our kids because I think they know way, way more than maybe even we as parents sometimes give them credit for. Number five, that you have to search for that competence in your child. Like, what does that look like? It may not look like what we once thought, you know, but we have to presume competence. And I think it's also important that we educate the people that are working with our kids that they also have to presume competency in our kids. Number six, uh, Darcy said she has seen so many spellers that she doesn't even question it now that it's, that this is a, isn't a fluke, that this is really happening. And it's also proving that these kids are cognitively intact. I was so amazed when she talked about that and people don't know this. So you know, I think we really need to work on getting this word out, especially for those of us who have kids who have limited actual speech that maybe are non-speaking. I think this is really important. And number seven, that it, this whole spelling, I want to say phenomenon, but, or phenomena is, it kind of feels like this secret that nobody really wants to hear about, you know, that they just don't want to believe it. And, you know, I was really kind of sad to hear that when Darcy was talking about it, that, you know, some speech paths and OTs, you know, may not be permitted to really accept this method of communication, the spelling, because they could have their license yanked. And I think that is just so, so wrong. So I think we really have to, to push for this, that this is another way that our kids can communicate. And number eight, that what Brady said, he said that letter boards change everything. So game on Down syndrome community. And I love that because yes, game on, let's show everybody, you know, let's show our kids who, who are non-speaking that you know, they have something to say. It might not how we traditionally want them to be able to say it, but they have something to say. And I think spelling is another avenue for our kids to communicate. There are so many ways to communicate, and this is another avenue that's opening up that box for so many kids. And I just absolutely love this episode. You can find Darcy Day on Facebook, and we'll put the links in the show notes as well, so that if you want to contact her, that you can, because I'm sure she would love to get in touch with you and, and assist you in any way that she can. Thanks for listening to the T21 mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. I really would. You can drop me a line by email at info at T21mom.com, or you can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at trisomy21mama. And it would really mean a lot if you would subscribe and leave a little review so that we could be more searchable for others in the Down syndrome community. You know, tell me your stories, what's going on in your life. What are your wins for your kids? I, I want to hear about it. I want to know what stories you want to hear and what interests you. 
So keep on loving on your rocking kiddos, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.